Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Yeah, isn't it amazing when Michigan can keep this game to a 19-foot, 9-inch game inside that three-point line, it's all there. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. I'm Aaron Meyer, the host of today's show. Our guest today is Charlie Miller. Charlie was a McDonald's All-American. He was also selected as the Gatorade Player of the Year in Florida for outstanding academic athletic excellence, high standards in academic achievement, exemplary personal character demonstrated beyond with competitive athletics. Charlie was highly recruited by numerous Division I colleges and accepted a full scholarship to Indiana University. At IU, under legendary coach Robert Montgomery Knight, Charlie played all four years and graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree in Criminal Studies. While in college, Charlie was chosen to represent the United States basketball at the Junior Olympics in Athens, Greece in the summer of 1995. We'll get to that. He also enjoyed a six-year professional career playing across Europe and the United States. He's the founder and owner of Attack Basketball Academy, a year-round basketball program geared towards developing youth in the game of basketball and life. Charlie also travels as the head clinician with Breakthrough Basketball, an organization that's known as a leader in basketball camps, online resources, and products worldwide. Most importantly, he lives with his beautiful wife and business partner, Meredith, and his four children. And correct me if I get any of these wrong, McKaylin, Cameron, Olivia, and Aiden. Yeah, McKaylin. So, all good. McKaylin. Yeah, McKaylin. All right, man. Welcome to the podcast and the the video here, man. How are you? I'm well, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate the introduction as well. Yeah, I love I love do I love that long uh, introduction. You were kind enough to give me the long one. I love hey, reading man, it off I because it, man. You, know, you accomplished a lot in life and and we won't get to all of it, but uh we're going to pick through some of that and uh we want to start here. Tell us your basketball origin story. So how did you how did you fall in love the, with the game? Obviously, you love the game since you're still working it in it, but what what got you into basketball? What got me into basketball was uh really a default thing. It was um I was a baseball player. I, I I grew up in Miami, Florida, as, as you mentioned. I grew up in Miami, so so basketball was not the popular sport. The popular sport was football, and and I was very spoiled. I was spoiled. I, I lived literally um, about seven minutes away, walking distance from University of Miami. And this is when University of Miami um, was in their heyday of football. They were um, since we talk since we're talking culture here, right? They were, That's they like were the U, like, right? Yeah. Well, before they were called the U, right? Okay. <laughs> we, okay. we called them UM, and and okay. and, um, and they were independent. So every year they they went to the national championship game because it was like you play against Notre Dame, you play against Oklahoma, and they're there because I mean they just dominated, right? Their, their seasons, and I was very fortunate to watch that. I mean, it, it was the campus was so wide open that you can literally go out there anytime you wanted to. And I mean, for me, that's what I thought. My, my destiny was going to be in sports, playing football. Uh, but then 
baseball, I guess, pinched me, and, and I became just an avid fan of the sport and played it. And um, some history here, I, um, I played with Brian Greasy. Um, you may or may not remember that name, but he played at Michigan, quarterback, right? Yeah, Brian and I played Little yeah. League Baseball together. And I would see his dad all the time, Bob Greasy, and, you know, um, and just nothing against it. It was Mr. Greasy to me. And I really didn't understand the history of, of you know, what I was dealing with at that time. It was just pretty cool, yeah. right? But, but yeah, so but, but what ended up happening for basketball was literally, in a true story, um, I, all of my friends were about a year and a half older than me. And um, the, the coach... <laughs> you know, lied on, on, on the, the application as far as the team was concerned playing because they didn't want to play up, so they played down. Right. So the season got forfeited, and they had to play the last game. And I was like, hey, man, you got to play. I'm like, I don't want to play. I don't play ba basketball. I play baseball. Yeah, I don't do this. You got to play. And, I mean, literally, I was like the laughing stock, dude. I did not want to play. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I really don't. About a year and a half later, I was 12. I was dunking the basketball. I can't I can't explain it. It wasn't Vertimax. It wasn't this jump training systems. Right. I don't get it. I was yeah. in tw I was dunking. And I was I mean, when I say dunking, I was like I was like doing like backwards dunk. I, I was like I don't even know where it came from. So that's kind of my story, man. I'm, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I love it. Like, yeah, crazy. That's that's amazing. I mean, that that goes to some of the things that um, you you can have that opportunity to play other sports growing up and still excel at whichever one you end up choosing. Just because you know, just it just sometimes uh, being athletic or or just participating, you'll find your way to what you're best at. Well, you said that right. So think about it. And and now, if I, you know, you take the, what I do now as a player development coach. So it's it's like all of those other sports bills on attributes that go way beyond football. You always yeah. got to be alert and aware mm -hmm. until the whistle blows. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and baseball. Yeah. You, you know, people, Oh, it's boring. No, I mean, you got to be active and engaged and paying attention. Right. And, and uh, uh, so, and, and who knows, because I mean, you're talking about that, you know, and I didn't know I was going to play basketball in college. I mean, I, you know, I, th I think the landscape is a little different, Aaron. Um, to say I knew this, especially growing up in in the South and growing up in Miami, to say, oh, this is what I'm going to do, I think the sport chose me. <laughs> Being real with you, man. Yeah, no doubt. You know, yeah. and, you know. Let me ask you this. Did What were the uh, playgrounds like? Did you get any playground uh, hoops in, in Miami there? Because I remember the first time I went to Florida and uh, during pickup ball, they were playing 2-3 zone, and about, I about fell over because coming from Indiana, they pick up. Not, we're not well, playing. you know what? You say that. Um, my my memories of playing, some guys would play zone sometimes. But, like, yeah. you know, it's like, man, what are y'all doing? You know, <laughs> what are you playing zone for? But but yeah. uh, but but then also um, there were chain nets, right? The yeah. nets were chained yeah. or yeah. double rims because we didn't yeah. have gyms. So I learned how to shoot outside, and I and I kid you not, it was like, you know, and it wasn't really windy, but sometimes you shoot, you, your ball will go from being left-handed from left to right. So you start messing around, yeah. learning how different trajectories and arcs, you know, you know. So 
but but my my gym was outside. You know, I, you know, nothing against it. it was no rec centers. Um, you know, it wasn't anything other than you played on blacktop. Yeah, you gotta shoot. You gotta shoot through the humidity down there. Uh, so let's take us to the re- recruiting. So you, you, how did you end up at Indiana? Like, I mean, you obviously are going to have, have, must have had a bunch of offers. So like what, what stood out about Indiana and what was the, what was the process like, uh, and getting, getting to Indiana? So, um, to talk about high school in a sense, my high school coach was from Michigan and, um, that's who discovered me in a sense of when I was 12, 13, he, he said, man, you have a chance to play. Again, I didn't know what that meant because um, he grew up watching Magic Johnson. He, he he saw all these guys who, like the Steve Smiths, you know, the tall guards, which was kind of a rarity, yeah. you know, back then. Yeah. Um, and he was telling me about all these names, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, Magic, because yeah. he played for the Lakers, right? Right, but but he was telling me all these things. So it was him who instilled, I would say, a work ethic because at eighth grade he was picking me up at five in the morning. He was taking me to the high school, and I would work out in the mornings by myself. Mm. So now I had access to a gym. Yeah. He wouldn't even rebound for me. <laughs> I look back at it. It's like he didn't rebound for me. He was like, yeah, I got to go figure it out. Go shoot. I like it. So it was like that work ethic early in the morning, go figure it out. And I did that for several years. Um, But it was him who had also, I call him the mouth of the South, man. He talked to everybody. (laughs) He had no fear, you know, and he was talking about, you know, me and the things I could do. And, and all of a sudden I, as a ninth grader, I started getting attention. Yeah. And lo and behold, you know, my very first game as a ninth grade, I played uh, varsity. And that was also a rarity, Aaron. For um, sure. In Florida, back then, you had, if you went to high school as a ninth grader in the early 90s, it was because because of a, um, like a vocation or a magnet program. Oh, I see. You guys had like the junior, junior high model more. Right, yeah, yeah, you didn't yeah. have, you had junior high, yeah. and junior high just left, literally just left um, high school, where it's like it was at both, right. right? Yep. So I was able to go, funny story, I was able to go to high school because of a metals class. <laughs> you know, you have wood shop. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. It was metal shop. It was yeah. metals. I love it. So, so metals... So we petitioned and got, and I was able to go to high school as a ninth grader. And I played. So my very first game, I had thirty points. Wow, that's amazing. Now, again, man, you know, and and now uh, that it is, but guess what came with that? Yeah, animosity, for and, sure, and and jealousy. And I didn't, I, and I was just these are the guys I always looked up to because they were always older. Right now there's something else that was coming with that, right? And I yeah. really didn't get You're the competition now. now, yeah. Now now it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, because I'm the young one that, you know, they got to pass the ball to or or takes over and they don't like it, right? But these are all the people I grew up in the neighborhood with, you know, we end up working it all out. That's good. Um, but yeah, but, but yeah, so that's kind of how I became, I guess, uh, 
someone who became a prospect and um, yeah, before I go, we get to that too. What was the the McDonald's All American? That what was that experience like? Did you get to you're in the game and you get to travel? Or well, you know what? I didn't play the game. Okay, but I was selected. Okay, so they, they had they had like twenty players who play and then and like other players who didn't. So on the list, yeah. I I I played in um so I played in Magic Johnson's Round Ball Classic. Oh, nice. Okay, and, and I remember watching like, those. Yeah, yeah, that, I played in that. And uh, they were featured on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And um, I, then I played in a game in um, in Fort Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the, 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 the Coliseum in Fort Wayne? Oh, gosh. You, you, I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head. I know, right? yeah, so yeah. Anyway, I yeah. know yourself. But, but anyway, um, and, it, and it was uh, – I decided to play in that game. Because you can only play in two. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that rule. Yeah. Okay, so I bypassed the one that was in Florida to play in um, the game that uh, Tim Knight, Coach Coach Knight's son, would put together. Hmm. And it was like Indiana All-Stars. That's cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played with some guys who went to Butler, and I was it was actually uh, Neil Reed, God bless him, yep. and Andre Patterson. We all played together nice. on the team. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. So then, so then you pick pick IU. Um, did you when you first got to campus? Then you're you got you get that kind of freshman ex, ex, you know experience all over again. Mm-hmm. You you knew what it was like in high school. What was it like then coming in as a freshman at at IU? Did you feel those same expectations again? Like you know to walk out and and get the thirty points or what was what was that experience like getting onto campus? Well. And did you have a winter coat? Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned USA basketball. Well, here's what actually happened. I got to campus uh, really in the summer of before my freshman year, and I stayed for about eight weeks, nine weeks. And here's what happened. Um, I actually made another USA basketball team uh, be, prior to going to Athens, Greece the next really? year. Nice. And, and what I elected to go, to, I, I wanted to get to campus to get acquainted mm-hmm. for workouts and to get used to being around, right? And um, so I didn't know if, I didn't know if I had that in mind. It was more so, you know, it was this new chapter, huh. right? This new chapter and, and looking to get up in the summertime where nobody was around other than people who were going to summer school, which <laughs> I had no idea about, right? That's right. six week. Yeah. Express yeah. sessions, I would call it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and then it was nothing going on on campus. The campus was just completely dry, right? Yep. Um, so I got up there and, and then went home for like a week or two and came back. And then that's when, you know, it was hoopla, right? I mean, oh, my gosh. Yeah. We used to call it the now, mo- we used know. to call it the movie premiere, my roommates and I, because you'd see all the people yeah. out. It looked like a movie premiere just watching. It was out, you know. You got, you know, and then you get used to it now. You, you know, you go to the different apartment complexes and the whole block is blaring music everybody's <laughs> yes. doors open and just you know you're walking from door to door just whatever so yeah so yeah that, that was kind of my experience my freshman year that's great where'd you did you guys have to live in the dorms or where'd you guys were you able to live in like off-campus apartments we, we lived yeah we lived in reed dormitory oh my gosh but <laughs> you there year. too oh boy yeah. that's not one of the better ones <laughs> well you know, you tell me. I know football lived in Briscoe. Yeah. And um, the one right across the street from Assembly Hall. Uh, what is it? 
Yeah. McNutt. Yeah, McNutt. McNutt yeah. And Briscoe. Yeah. Right. Briscoe, yes. I believe, is the one right across. Yeah. So they live there. Okay. And and Coach Knight had us. We were in Reed. So, you know, that was. Yeah, not, you're kind of in the middle of campus. I'm skipping a jump. Yeah. yeah. You had the bum rides. I didn't have a car. <laughs> I guess you know we live with the band students. That's you know, what it is. Students. Yeah, that's what that's what it is. We came to like the art the art dormitory. Like that's Arts all those things. So yes, we were. And that's then great. the and then we were able to move out our freshman year, and uh, we lived somewhere about a mall. Um, it was like the mail box, like the mail post office, and yeah, okay. So you're way I, out there too. Yeah, yeah, I know. And then and then our junior year, man, we went way south. Man, we we had a. We had a nice duplex and, and upstairs, downstairs. And <laughs> we drew straws for the rooms. Oh, man. I got the biggest room to double Oh, sink. my gosh. <laughs> You're living large then. Oh, my goodness. Who'd you, you, who'd you room with? A walking closet. You couldn't tell me anything. Who'd you room with? So it was Andre Patterson and Neil Reed. Nice. That's, that's yeah, cool. And then, um, and then Neil's um, future brother-in-law, um, Zach. Okay. And uh, he was dating Neil's brother, so we all lived together. So yeah. And Zach was the basically the designated driver, I mean, from practice. <laughs> Chauffeur. To, yeah, Zach Zach had to be there and you know, this this is pre cell phone. Oh my so, gosh, you know, I know. Yeah, you got Yeah, beeper. Yes. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. So I, I'm always curious about culture. So uh what was the what was the culture like? Because it's a, a very interesting time, I think, for I, IU basketball because we, you are kind of in this like era of tremendous success still. Uh, but there there are maybe some like uh, changes. It's a, kind of towards towards the end. I mean, ninety nine when I was telling you that I got to campus is mm-hmm. the end the end of the era. Um, so I'm just curious what the culture was like, and then the positive parts, what you guys did to build the, the best parts of the culture. Cause I'm always curious, like for basketball, how do you, how do you build that cohesiveness as a, as a team or as a coach? Well, I tell you what, great question. Um, as a, I got, I came to campus at 17. I turned 18 as a freshman. Also, I came from Florida, so I have no idea <laughs> what culture means in the sense of basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. I learned, um, and there was a change of the guard, so to speak, as far as, you know, Coach Knight now has three All-Americans that, you know, that has all of these expectations and that really has been entitled by fans and everybody else to be the next crop that's going to take him back to the top. Right. I don't know if um, – I, I can't speak on – I didn't realize – I didn't understand that. Yeah. I didn't. Um, I did not. And and people were talking about the expectations. I was like, <laughs> I, I didn't grow up in the state. So, I mean, yeah. no disrespect. I didn't have them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. In the comparisons to Calpachini and the comparisons to this and that. I mean, I didn't watch, I didn't watch how you play. Right. That was not something I did. Yeah. Right. Not, not weird. And, and I was a typical player who had a choice to go anywhere to go play basketball. And and I was always a fan of the sport, but I can't say I was watching every school that was recruiting me. Um, but to me, um, I think that's what it came down to. And then I know we were like, you know, and just talking about it, like, you know, um, 
we like we I think there was a home game winning streak of like 20 something games and we lost against it's like a preseason game, you know. So, you know, no disappointment because that's just internally coaches don't really think about that. Right. That's not really something that that's on their minds. Like, oh, my God, you guys gave up the, you know, home winning streak. I mean, it's something that you always want to cherish and be a part of. Right. But um, it was really an acclimation, man. I, I say uh, I know for me, I came in as an athletic, you know, gifted. I can shoot. I can do things. But I learned how to play. You know, I learned how to play. I would say my freshman year. Um, I learned how to play. You know, you had film study. It's something that um, we really, I didn't have in high school. So you, there was a whole adaptation that was taking place. And there be there was a whole world of preparation that was taking place just for one game. You know, you might spend 15-plus hours walkthroughs, going over <laughs> the same film, taking notes. You know, we had to take notes. And I say had to. Um, you did not want to just be there just watching, you know, you literally took notes and that's all I knew, you know, to prepare. I've you learn those processes. So, um, you know, but lo and behold, you know, you take it for what it's worth. We won 20 plus games a year. Yep. Um, went to the tournament every year. Um, my senior year went second round. So, you know, you look at it, I mean, that's 80 games in, in four years. That's, that's pretty impressive. No doubt. To say the least. But, you know, when you have expectations to national championship and Sweet 16s, <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, what do we do? Right. Oh, God. We didn't, but, like, wait, well, wait a minute, wait. <laughs> it's like, hold on. You know, there, there was a lot accomplished, Yeah. you know, in, in four years that you don't realize. No, no doubt about it. Like, I think that fan expectations have just they – can, they can be – they're fun because they're what makes the atmosphere around the games yeah. exciting. But when they become divorced from like enjoyment, it, it, that's when I get upset. Cause I'm like, you can find so much enjoyment, like you said, out of a victory or getting to the tournament. I mean, there's so much just, I, I wish so much that we could have seen this year's team in the tournament in Indiana. You know, they're just, you have to set, set expectations to at a point where you can have fun with the game still and not, not have to just, uh, well, you know, which, which, which be disappointed, continually disappointed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, we, but, but that's the parody of, and the paradox of, of sports, right? Yeah. There's a, and I, I, and I say this humbly speaking as, you know, again, I'm more of a holistic approach coach. Yeah. But, but what ends up happening is the expectation turns into entitlement. Mm, that's a pretty good way to put and it. And now it's like no that. more about having hope and, 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 and optimism. It's we expect. Yeah. We need to be here. And we're not. And this is what this coach did. And now you got comparisons coming in, man. It's like, you know, um, I mean, and that's where you really get disappointed. Yeah. Because now it's not good enough, right? It's, it's like. And I've been there in my life. I've been there before, even as a player. You know, you, you, you start to turn from expectations to what I deserve. Mm, that's a good, that's a great way to put it. And that. man, bro, and that's that's how you that's how people get. Yeah, we deserve better. Who are you? <laughs> you are you a fan. <laughs> You're not on the board of trustees. Look at this You're t-shirt I got though. It's, it's so You're nice, not, man. Come on, man. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. But that's what happens because. You talk about it so much, you become that talk, mm. right? You yeah. become that talk, which is not, and it, this is just perspective, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's what ends up happening. And that's the same thing 
that happens to players. And I and I and I'm and I'm gonna go there. I guarantee you that's happening in that locker room right now. Yeah. Expectations turn to entitlement, what we deserve, you know, and how we should have this and that. And, and, and um been there done that. I've I've been on both sides of right. on that success wheel. Been on both sides. And um you just you build an eye for it. Yeah. Right. And it's like I I say this. I'm in the ballpark. It might be the uh, the, the New York Yankee Stadium. I'm in the park <laughs> yeah. on what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's what happens on both sides, from fans and from players and also the coaches, right? So, But when you look back on it, and I think when you have a chance to reflect more so than review, um, man, I'm going to tell you, I was, so, I was so unconscious of all the things I did do, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. That I did a podcast similar to this, and a guy was like, 79th all-time leading scorer in the end. I'm like, what? Hold on, man. Wait, 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 stop. Say it again. I did what? Yeah. I'm you're like, where? You're like, whoa. Huh? Come on, man. But again, if it, but if you ask me according to what I, you know, I didn't do enough. I'm just being real. I didn't yeah, do yeah. enough. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. But it's like, wait a minute, man. Hold on. You did. Yeah. Oh. But that's where you and you did the best you could at the time mm. with what you knew, right? And, and and I think it's 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 good to go here because this is a part of the positive outlook. This is what a lot of the players now that may not have had the opportunity to go play in a tournament, they're going to go through some things because of that. Mm. But there's going to be some bright spots that's come out of that as well to say, yeah, you may not have done that. It wasn't failures. Who knows what you got caught up into, but watch what happens to you because of the things you went through and, and adversity you had to overcome mm. for life because that's what transcends the sport. That's why we play the sport. Yeah, It's much bigger. It is. It's easy to say we because even when you win, I've heard players, I've literally heard from players, win national championships, win NBA championships. That's it. Yeah. Pat Riley's famous, right? The disease of more, you know, like that's, that's, if that's the that's end it. goal, you're going to, you're never going to find that's, it. So we got to do this again. I, and we don't know you start questioning yourself and, and we don't. So it's like, you got to be mindful. Mm. It's, it's good to have it, but, but you know, at the end of the day, I wonder how much coaches and players really value because you're so in that more mentality. We need more. We got to get better. We got, it's broke. And that ends up becoming something that ensues you. Yeah. As a player, it consumes you, man. <laughs> and you're not kidding. I, I mean, you have to too take that moment to just enjoy the enjoy being a part of something. Because I, I heard uh, we talked to Jason Andreas. He played for that Michigan State team that won the title. Mm-hmm. He said on the plane ride home, Izzo is planning for the next year to try hey, to figure I, out how to win. It, you know, and you think I'm like he, you. he hasn't been back, and it's just like I'm, just enjoy look, that moment. And it's and I, and I'm telling you, that's where you have to find that line mm. because if you celebrate it too much, it's like, oh, you're not serious. Right, right. What do you mean? You <laughs> just had a whole season <laughs> and ups and downs and sicknesses and, 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 and fights and we just won yeah. and we're thinking about next year already? Yeah. Right, oh, take a week off. The J.R. Huh? Smith line where you're walking around with a shirt off for a, for a week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you want right, to be a little right, right. a little yeah, south he, of that. He, he's been celebrating since this uh, uh, season. That's right. right. But, yeah. but no, but but you got to there's a there's a balance, man. And that and like that's that. that that's that that's that balance that you know I feel I found in life. 
Yeah. Even when I'm now able to, you know, talk to young student athletes that want to be great, be mindful that comes with a responsibility. You got to learn how to be well-rounded. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's a great point. Okay. Appreciate it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about coaching. Let's start with coach Knight. What's a, what's a favorite story that, or takeaway from coach Knight uh, that you still, that you still use today? Okay. So, um, one famous takeaway, I would say, um, I got several. I'm trying to see where I want to go here. That's because they're all good. They're all good stuff. All good stuff. Um, he would say, I have forgotten more basketball than you guys would ever know. <laughs> yes. That's so great. No doubt. Right? Yeah. He, he would say that, right? Yeah, yeah. He would say, um, another one, because there's one I want to give you that, that pretty much is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, what's another one? Uh, oh yeah. Interesting. He would, uh, give me a high school in Jasper. It's, it's just Jasper, Jasper high school. Yep. There's only one. That's okay, it. Give me, give me the right, give me the right, give me your rivalry. Uh, we got Dubois, the Jeeps. Okay. Okay. Check it out. Du, Dubois, right? So, so, so say you're in practice there and you made a mistake. You, you get ready for Dubois. Okay. He might say something like, uh, Aaron, you know what? Du Bois is gonna kick your. You're like, <laughs> first of all, he's referencing a high school in your area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. As you're getting ready for like Michigan State, right? This, this ain't you know. He say this ain't Killian Charlie. You know, like Killian yeah. was a high school rival. This ain't. I'm like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did you come? With? What? That's pretty impressive, man. I like that. Right? You know, uh, but the 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 biggest one. That planted a seed, man. I was working this basketball camp, and uh, I don't know why he said this to me. He said, "If you ever want to learn how to do something, Charlie, you got to learn how to teach it." Mm. And he just walked off. And I was like, "Okay, yeah." And I was like, "Man, I promise you, eleven huh. years in as a player development, that is why I'm doing what I'm doing." That's awesome, man. You have to learn how to teach. He said that to me walking off. Whatever you want to do, if you want to do it well, you got to learn how to teach. That's a that's a and mic drop moment. It is. Bro, I'm telling you, when he said that to me, I didn't make sense at 20, <laughs> 21. It didn't yeah. make sense until I was like about 30-something, hmm. to be real with you. So I was puzzled. Like, what do you mean? And, I start, and then things started coming my way about learning and, and then teaching. And then my thing now is when you do teach, you learn twice. Because not only what you're saying, you get a chance to get more in-depth on it. Yeah. Right? Like we talked about earlier when the technical difficulties you had. Right, yeah. No <laughs> Those doubt are about teachable it. moments, man. Yeah, yeah. We learn, we, all, I, we learn something each time and continue to we make mistakes. Time, <laughs> man. And, I, and Coach Knight was a lifelong learner. And I think that's something that really rubbed off on me. That's awesome. You know, I can, I can tell that I learned, you know, he, he was a lifelong learner, man. And um you know, a mad genius. And I say that because we had no plays. Yeah. No plays. And I, and I, and people are amazed. They think he's a, he was a disciplinarian and you know, you had to go to A to B to C man. It was no plays. Right. It was no, it was no plays. And whenever he ran a play, we messed it up hmm. because we weren't used to a chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. You used <laughs> or, to that, that free flow. You're in a game. Yeah. That... Like, what you don't, we don't. And again, you don't realize the value of that. Like if, the hours that you're you're watching film and you're watching how to play, 
not what to play. Yeah. You're watching how, the process part. And now here all of a sudden, somebody's coming to you with a clipboard in the game. Do this in like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm used to just I'm playing. The screen. I'm going to call a screen. They, they say switch. I'm slipping. I'm slipping the screen. I'm setting this down screen because this guy's over here. We That's how we were thinking, and that's how we practiced. That's how we played. Right? It was simultaneous action. It was quick. It was consecutive action. Um, so, you know, that's why I say it was a mad genius because it was more about it was more about how than a what. Go to A, go to B, go to C. Out of bounds play, same concept. Hmm. It was how to play. Yeah, I love I love that. The, I mean, we're big fans of the motion offense. We've t- we talk yeah. about it all the time, and it just yeah. it seems like that's the you know in the ideal world that's the way you want to coach too, right? Is to get it as much as you can out to the players in practice or film sessions, and then when the game's going, be there to manage substitutions and you know get get you know pump people up stuff like that. But to try to micromanage it just seems almost too much in the moment because there's so many other well, pressures. That's the evolution of the game, right? I mean, you know, you know the game now because of the resources that are available. Mm. Um, there's motion. Yeah. It's just more set, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, you know, uh, double bigs forwards at the elbows for horns, you know, one's rolling, one's coming up. It's the handoff to really do what they call a fake motion to really buy time to really, you know, get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Right. Um, like, you know, the rule we had was, um, there was no ball screens. Right. Right. So if you if I pass the ball to you to my right, either you were UCLA cutting or you were um you were down screening opposite, right? You know, and it was just it was more rules based. Um and I think it's still there today. I mean I, I hear from coaches, you know, they, they let they allow their players to stay in space and play. Uh, some coaches are scripted where, you know, you can be predictable. I think that also comes down to personnel, right? Yeah. Um, you know, if you got a player that can score the ball inside, you kind of know that trying to get the ball inside, then all the actions they're doing around that, you know, they're not looking to score. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I tell people all the time, you want to be a good defender, just look at somebody's chest. If their chest is going to the sideline baseline, they have no intentions. They're they just running the play. That's great. They're trying to get downhill. Okay, different story. Yep, that's great. <laughs> well, that that kind of gets us into uh, a, attack a little bit. So I want yeah. I want you to tell us a little bit about that. And one of the things I'm curious to start out here is how you work on. So you're doing individual player development uh, on some mm-hmm. level, and I'm always curious, like how you work to with players individually to develop their team games. Cause what you're saying is so important to the moment is being able to play and make other people better. How do you do that? If you're working on your individual skills, man, you just said it. I got to give you my mission and vision statement. All right, good. Okay. Yeah. It's just right there. It, it's, it's this, it's to take and build strong individual skills that transfer, not translate, transfer, to team and game concepts. Love it. Okay? Because the translate piece to me, being really big on words, mm-hmm. is like if we're trying to translate English to Spanish, we're going to miss out on mm. the essence of the communication. Yes. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. It's a it's similar. Yeah. And in basketball, there's many ways to improve and get better. 
But for me, over time, in reflection, in review as a player, what did I miss out on? What did I miss out on? What what was other areas I probably could have got better at? But but whatever those might might have been, it was understanding what I call now um, finding your top twenty skill set. Okay. So going off the eighty twenty rule, right? Yep. So it's like, okay, you know, you know the eighty twenty rule. You know, you got five pair of shoes. You probably wear one one pair. Every, all you know, you got the four because yep. you didn't want one <laughs> pair to be at the at Foot Locker. <laughs> you had to have it. You just look at it. Yep. But there's one, you know, just tried and true, right? Yep. So for me, it's helping players identify their top skill sets. What is it? Yeah, and, but that's more of a process. It's not just okay. You need to be, you know, here it is. You're you're you know you are small. Do I need to be teaching you rebounding? Come on, man. That's that's like why why are we working on boxing out? Right. You're never gonna be down there. Yeah. Now I need to teach you how to understand long rebounds from a transition from defense to offense. But am I going to account for you? No. No. Right. So I need to teach you. I need to give you the the, the teaching points, right, to understand that. But is that something we're gonna focus on? Right. right. So no. So, so for me, that's the approach. The approach is to really. Um, I've really learned how to teach the game from an individual standpoint. Um, and, and then again, with the team concepts for me, team concepts, just being, you know, um, it's the play types and play types. If you know anything about synergy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We, 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 we we need a uh, login for that because every time I hear about it, I'm like, I I want in on synergy. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) I know it's not cheap. (laughs) I know, right? So, yeah. but synergy is what, and, and that, and that kind of helped me with my mission and vision statement yeah. as a coach. Yeah, I bet. Because there's there's ten play types that's happening in all games. The one play type literally happened last night in the way you said you lost. <laughs> yes. And it's called miscellaneous, right? Yeah, that's miscellaneous, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, half court anything, bank shot. <laughs> anything less than four or five seconds is miscellaneous. Yeah. Not counting. You know you can't practice that, right? Right. Even though Jalen sucks and we break, we make, yeah, yeah, play, yeah. We make, we, we do those shots all the time, right? But you know that's something to leave practice with on a high note, right? Right. But 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 but, but let's say let's take a couple of play types, right? So let's take uh, spot up shooting. Okay. Well, that's something that you want to work on because that's a, that's what you're watching film on. Let's take um, off ball cutting. You want to learn all the ways to cut, and it and, and it and it's it's not limitless, right? I mean, and not to just kind of go into coaching world, but there's like there's like eight cuts you need to know. Yeah, I don't care if you're in the third grade, you to 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 a pro, you need to know these things. But to internalize them is is different than like no, knowing them even, and I think that's but what's so cool. And emphasizing because yeah. again, this is the how part. Yeah. Because sometimes not, it's, that's that's the difference. Yeah. That's your translation to transfer, yeah, right? So, yeah. So like when you know, when, okay, me introducing something, but then we emphasize how, yeah, and when, and the look, yes. and the pattern, and yes. the cues, to have you play an instinct and not thinking. Yeah. Because thinking is off the court. That's watching exactly. film. Yeah. That's practicing. That's going through the same thing. That's getting you to buy in. The best players in the world are boring. They're boring. <laughs> They don't, they don't, we don't, you know, we, as we, we don't do 25,000 things. We do one thing 25,000 times. Right. 
and ain't not enjoying it. It's like watching a movie and you end up finding joy in different pieces because, again, there's what I call a deep process practice going on. Hmm. We're getting underneath the surface. The surface is what we all see. We were talking about the surface game early with the fans and the, the, what you can expect and deserve. The, the game within the game is what we're talking about. And that's what I've learned to teach, impart, share, you know, with, with players. And, you know, here, here we are 11 years in, travel the world, teaching the game, uh, every aspect of it, you know, pr producing content. Yeah, um, that's value. That's value added, man. So uh, that that to me is kind of giving you a, a heads up. That's awesome. How'd you how'd you end up in Texas? Well, it was a, a, a Indiana connection. You know about basketball managers, right? Yeah, of course. OK, so to the people listening to your podcast who may not know. So you have people who are, uh, you know, who may have played basketball in high school and um, may not have been good enough to play IU, but yet they want to support yeah. the, the team. <laughs> Hey, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Support the team. Oh man. And um and um and, and and so they they end up interviewing for becoming what you call a basketball manager. So yeah. They and they learn a lot of the trades as a coach, right? Yeah. And some managers actually practice. Yeah. You know, there were there were several times we were down number wide because of injuries and you had uh guys, you know, who would, would practice with us. And um I'ma say this and I'm gonna say this as a tout. I don't know if who has more head coaches in the NBA or college that were former basketball managers. No doubt. Than we do. Yeah. Or executives. Yeah. That's we we have actually um, a guy who um, is uh, in charge of the selection committee. Really, I didn't. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, okay. he's an IU basketball manager. Interesting. Um, I think his name is LJ Wright. Okay. I've heard okay. that. I've heard that before. He, yeah. over, he oversees that, right? Yeah. Um, you got guys who are coaching at the head, at the D1 level. Um, Elon, you got uh, um, Mike Schrage. He came out my year. Dusty May coaches at uh, Florida Atlantic. Okay. Uh, and these guys have been, uh, Dusty coached, at, uh, coached with Mike Davis, at nice. UAB. Um, Shraggy coached at Duke for Coach K. Nice. Coached at Stanford. Um, so you got guys. You got Mike Lewis. I mean, you, you might play, yeah. but we we got a lot of guys out here doing some great, amazing things to keep this IU thing going. I agree. Yeah, I I, I love to the the manager because it and the way you're telling that and just what you're involved in too because you know as a again assistant principal uh so many kids want to go to the nba you know that middle school level that's kind of your mindset yeah. but there is so there are so many ways to be involved in the game of basketball that are you know off the court too where you still stay tied to it and on top of that even if you do end up playing a, as a pro or in d1 like you did there's a there's a whole lifetime after that after your playing career where if you still want to be involved in the game you need to know about those avenues so i think that's great that you're highlighting that but again it comes back to what i deserve entitlement uh, it's, it's a redaction man you think it you think you have to even the way i teach basketball like this is a way I teach basketball. Yeah. Just like this. Right here in my office, we're going over film, we're going over basketball, we're going over concepts, and, and I'm always hearing players say, man, I, I never would even have imagined. 
I'll be learning basketball this way. I'm like, well, that's the thing about it. And I'm trying to give you something that I didn't realize. And it's not necessarily vicarious living. It was there's so many ways to improve in this game where I don't need to be on that court. Right. Yeah, there's just a, there's just so many aspects to it. There's the so many part avenues. Of it. There's so many avenues to do what exactly as you said, if you want to be a part of the game and keep the game going. No doubt. Right. right. And no to, doubt. And, and to make the game better, you can influence the game. You know, you can influence the game in so many different ways, but we want to be the one. You know how that goes, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, no, I no doubt. No doubt. Everybody has that moment where they're like, yeah. <laughs> they hit a bunch yeah. of shots and they're like, oh, man. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, I get it. Man. Well, I, I so appreciate your time today, and you're welcome to come back anytime, talk, talk hoops with us. One of the things that we love is just, and that I've loved being a, a part of the podcast, is just like getting tapped back into the basketball culture. It's such a fraternity. The people who are hoop heads uh, just love talking basketball and, uh, you know, just love being a part of it. Uh, but before we, before we wrap up, I've got some quick hitters for you, some IU uh, quick hitters. So first one is... Uh, Coolest arena you played in besides Assembly Hall? The coolest arena. Or I would or have to say Chicago Stadium. Oh, nice. There's a, you play in the old Chicago Stadium? That's, that's why I said Chicago Stadium. Wow, great. That's a great say, answer. I, I yeah, whatever they call it now. Yeah, yeah, the United Chicago. Center. This, this was, well, this was the first, this was actually the first season of the Big Ten tournament. Oh, wow. Crazy. That's right. Because you got to remember, there was no Big Ten tournament. Yeah. That's crazy. So we were, I think this was our junior year. Yeah, that would have been, that. So, that's right, uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember catching a lob from A.J. Guyton, almost a half-court lob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so like pretty cool hanging on those rims, man, that, you know, MJ. Yeah, that's right. Team. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's great. Chicago Stadium. That's great. Okay, uh, craziest opposing fans? Um, Penn State. And when they Whoa. Had, they, Listen, listen, Penn State had like a uh, a hyper type type gym. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was small, yeah. And, and it was like, and they were right there. Wow, okay, I like it. That's off, that's like, off so the board. State, Penn State, my freshman year, when you played in like a hyper, and no disrespect to Penn State, I don't know the state of number, but like, yeah. they, they just, it was like right there on you, Penn State was right there on you. Yeah, hey, that's a good thing at Duke. They, they, they tout that all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, Team the Hoosiers least like to play while you're there? Least like to play while I was there? That's a good question. Who did I least like to play? Might have been um, depending on who you had to guard, too. <laughs> well, um, I wasn't thinking that way. And I'm sorry, man. No, it's all right. Um, I wasn't, and I'm glad I didn't. Um, now, I could tell you a game that didn't end too well. I did a game we were up uh we were up by 15 and lost by 15 okay that was against wisconsin at home and um this is my junior year and i I was having a really good big 10 outing and um great story behind it too uh it was one of those games where i didn't understand it i kind of was Entitled. I was yeah. feeling myself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Coach Nat was taking me in and out. We were doing the substitution thing, and then uh, fifteen point lead ended up being doing, lose, lost by like fifteen. And Oof. and uh, <laughs> after the game, you know, Coach Knight said something to me, and uh, and I said, "Man, I'm not a robot." 
I need to play. Oh, oh boy. Aaron, 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 Aaron. Good luck. Like those words. Of, it was a lot of it was a lot of this, bucket, <laughs> not because of swing. Yeah, yeah. But because he was just livid. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I was selfish. And uh, it was a lot of videotapes being kind of talked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as a, as a grown man, you can understand as a coach too. You can, oh, you can imagine. Man. I get it now. Yeah. But it's you so know, hard as a young. It's, it's so hard. I'm over averaging like 14, 16, a bit. Yeah. In the, here I, here's, here's the Charlie Miller y'all always wanted to see. Yep. And I'm rolling. Now you take me out of the game, man. I can't, man. I can't play this way, coach. Yeah. What? You selfish, you so, and I'm like selfish. And I'm like, man, I'm the last person to be so. We were going back and forth, and then um, one of the coaches, I'm not gonna put him out there. He he says, he said, man, Charlie, man, I appreciate your honesty, man, but not now, because <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like, it was like one of those Wednesday night games we played. Yes, you know, real late. Man, I appreciate, but not now, man. I'm trying to go home. <laughs> So I had to watch. I had to watch the whole game over oh and dictate gosh. with a voice recorder oh my what gosh. I was doing, what I didn't do, how I missed my blockouts, how I missed my cuts, wow. how I missed my deep assignment. <laughs> I, shared, I shared all because yeah, yeah. you want to know the genius and that guy. That's that guy. Yeah, I that's love who that. you. That's who you play for. You know, what I mean, it is what it is. That's how it gets in your D, in your DNA, and you don't think about it in the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just think about that stuff now, right? Yeah. But, but you know, that's how. You know, and who knows why I did that? And, you know, whatever. I mean, I, it's to me, it's laughable now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, at the time, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's 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 tough. You mean you you forget too how young these guys are sometimes. I think that people, especially you, you came in as like a, you you didn't rec you didn't reclassify, you know, or anything like that. Take yourself back when you were eighteen and nineteen. Oh man, yeah. Forget about it. That's part of the reason I did. I didn't. I was. I was done. I mean, I could have played at a smaller college, but I. I went to some like college uh, practices and just saw how hard those guys worked. And there's a. I mean, whole part of in just enjoying college and being and being yeah. young, you know. And you have you yeah. have to do all that plus all the basketball stuff. And I think people really miss out on like how. Uh, dedicated you have to be to achieve at, at that level you know the at the big 10 level is just a it's well, a full-time job that's why mentality is important that's why again you know I, I i i joke but this is a good story here this player now is a a sophomore having you know having a good run in high school who knows what he's going to do uh college wise if he's going to be able to play but yeah um I, I, he cried for days when his mom was like, "What does it take to make make it?" And I I ran off, I ran off about twenty five things, <laughs> getting up at five in the morning, yeah. missing birthdays, yep. missing funerals, yeah. missing this, missing that, not going here, wake, wake, be in the gym by yourself. And he was just like, Whoa. "I gotta do all that." Yeah. Hey man, you want the real? Like it's one thing to see what we do on this court. It's right. what you don't see. It's the yeah. unseen hours, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pretty it's stuff's the on the court. The 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 sweat and blood and tears. That's what that's all the practice when the cameras aren't yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right, I got two more for you. Uh mo most impressive opponent. So a specific player who who impressed you playing against them. Most impressive. Well, I played against the Ray I had to guard Ray Allen. I had to guard Ooh. Michael Finley. I had to guard Sean oh Vesper. 
Michael Red. <laughs> uh, they even had the guard Brad Miller. You know, here is a seven foot guy who seemed to got taller after college. I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, Chad Austin. Man, uh, was tough. Um, um, uh, Council Martin. God. So you could basically uh, say the '90s All American team. <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah. And, and I had to, I, and I guarded the best scores. Yeah. So, I, so, I, so best players may not be the best score. I guarded the best scores. Right. And and that was a rude awakening my sophomore year guarding against Ray Allen coming. To, he's getting triple screens and pushing, holding. And I'm trying to stay with them and you know up and under, just getting a little you know fouls and can't touch him. Hey, that was that was a learning lesson in That's itself. What it is. So, I would say. Um, I can't just go at one. I had to go all those guys because I like it. I that's go. all right. That's that's yeah, all right. I, sickies, right? You Pete said Ray sickies. Allen. He he's one of my favorites. So you're you're good yeah. as long as you worked his yeah. name in. Yeah, Pete Lasicki, who played at Penn State, who can really shoot the ball. Okay, you had to really disrupt his timing. I like um, that. Yeah. So, all right. One word to describe Big Ten basketball: the second half of the '90s when you played. One word. Tough. I Tough. love it. I think that's I think that's that's awesome. Do you think that do you think that it's too tough now? Like I, there was some talk after a lot of the teams got bounced this year uh, that maybe the style of the Big Ten play needs to, maybe it needs to change again to to evolve. Do you, do you see that as a as a coach? Well, I mean, that's always been the that's always been the the um, the theme. You know, you, you you're playing a uh, you're playing a physical league, and a lot of the teams like on the East Coast, it's always been more of a finesse. I don't know why, right? But then, okay, you get in a tournament. They play against teams who play five out, and they lost. We, I think that came down to this pro season, to a lack of, um, a lack of games to play preseason against those teams. So preparation, that's interesting to me, was like non-existent. Yeah, I mean, we can go on film all day. Right. And look at somebody, break somebody down. But to have several games against their opponents or against teams like a Gonzaga, we may lose, but you got a chance to play against. So now you have film footage you can go into on preparation. And then I don't know if we also put this in my, my last thing is really the mental breakdown that kind of happened with COVID in all these teams. Man. And no doubt. again, being around, I don't know. I don't know if we we got the full throttle approach. Because again, I, I I can tell you many things, Aaron. I say it with a smiling face. I know that was not the case. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no I doubt about it. it. Yeah. Right? Okay, but you just you know, so who knows, right? But you know, it is what it is. Yeah.